What's going on, guys? Welcome back. Clocks on the stove with your favorite. It seems to be because it gets our most views across platforms with another MMA podcast. We have myself, your usual host, Grayson Fisher, with me, my former baseball player, now full-time journalist at FAU, Mr. Zach Watts. We're going to be breaking down for you only the pay-per-view because um, the prelims are kind of weird and no one, to be honest, no one's going to listen about if we talk about them anyways. So we're going to talk about UFC 286 this Saturday. Edwards versus Usman 3. Um, it's in England in the O2 Arena. This card will be at 5 p.m. Eastern time, as that will translate, for the you guys don't know, to 10 p.m. in England. Interesting mm-hmm. fact. You're welcome. We're here to help you with geography. It's what we do, you know. Um, starting us off on our card. Oh, yeah, so early prelims are going to start at 1. This is all Eastern time, by the way. Early prelims are going to start at 1. Prelims are going to start at 3. Main cards are going to start at 5. Kicking us off. On our main card is actually a low key sleeper fight between Marvin Vittori and then I make sure Roman, if I mispronounce this, Dolidzi. I think that's how you say it. He's from Georgia, the country. It's probably uh, something way weirder than that. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know. Uh, Vittori coming in at a minus 280. Dolidzi coming in at a plus 230. Vittori 18 6 and 1. Dolidzi 12 1 and 0. Let's start off with the favorite, Mr. Marvin Vittori. I'm going to be honest. I have this like, category of I, I would say athletes but i'm going to just talk about fighters because we're doing mma and that i there's not it's not really much that they do i just don't like them and marvin vittori is on that list uh, another guy on that list is sean strickland i don't know what it is about these two guys i'm not a fan of them i, I, I mean i them. i mean i can tell you why i don't like sean strickland because yeah i can you tell know. you a lot yeah i can tell you because <laughs> that one comment he's like why doesn't kevin holland like you he's like i don't know man i think i told him like if i saw him in prison i could rape him and i was like yeah i I, I I think that I think a guy wouldn't like you over a comment like that. Yo, but. I don't like Sean Strickland, but he tweeted some real ass shit today. Did you see that? Nah, go ahead and read me off this yeah. uh, fantastic. I, tweet. I, I do not like this man, but he tweeted some real shit today. I can find it. Oh, here it is. You, this is from Sean Strickland, not from me. You motherfuckers aren't going to like this, but I think Drykus is more more of an African than the entire African UFC roster living in America. By your logic, if you're not a pasty white guy, then you're not an American. Motherfucker is born and lives in Africa, dot, 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 idiots. Yeah. And this is the one time I think in my entire life I actually kind of, I agree with Sean Strickland. Yeah, I think – I think it's important to provide some of the context of where this kind of came from. So for those of you that don't know, uh, Kamara Usman, who is our main event for this card, came out recently in his press conference. It was kind of like uh, Drinkus Duplessis, who's born and raised in South Africa, um, just happens to be a extremely white guy. Uh, well, he's same South African. Me, but, that's the majority. But right? he is South African. Yeah. So um, he claims to be the next like African superstar. And the whole apparently the whole like trifecta of Francis Izzy and Kamara didn't really take kindness to that. Um, specifically, Kamaru didn't like it at all. And he was like, you know, you need to watch your mouth, like saying where you come from, who you represent. But, you know, at least Drickus was born in South Africa. because And, I'm and sure lives there. And lives, and lives there. And lives there. But, um, you know, Marty, as Colby refers to him as, was born in Nebraska. So, you know, someone may be a little more African than you, and you there's nothing you could do about it. So it's just – it's stupid because, like, I don't want to get into politics or anything, but, like, it, 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 they're only saying that because of the color of his skin when he's quite literally more African. Like, yeah. he's literally African. Like, yeah, it'd be, geographically, it'd be, he is African. 
Yeah, it'd be different if he like went out. If Drickus just randomly like went out, and was like, "I'm blacker than you." Yeah, like, no, dude, we're that. not. He t- said, I'm gonna be the next great African champ. That's what he said. Yeah, he's just yeah, he's literally talking about like where he comes from, which is 100 factual. It's nationality. Like- <laughs> yeah, it's a, it, it's just dumb because if you flip the roles and 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 someone said that John Jones couldn't claim to be an American because he's black, that's kind of like what this is. It's just yeah. reversed, but. Yeah. I don't know if Kamara Usman knows this or since he hasn't ever really lived in Nigeria, but there are other races than black people in Africa, man. You know, it's not, it's not just black people. <laughs> so yeah. Anyways. Nice um, little history lesson right yeah, there. Yeah. So just shout out Sean Strickland. Probably the only time I'm ever going to give him a shout out. But yeah, back to this actual fight. Marvin Victoria, not a fan, never been a fan. Um, He's had a weird little run recently. I mean, he 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 went on this five fight win streak. Then he lost to Izzy, and then he tried to complain that he won the fight when he got destroyed. Yeah. I wouldn't say destroyed. He got manhandled. Like it was very Izzy won the fight. Then he beats Costa in a pretty solid fight. It was a really good fight. And then Rob puts a fucking technician work on him, and now he's coming back for this fight. Uh, I just don't like him. I think he's, I think he's boring. I think he's stupid. Something I'm seeing right now, though, is catching my eye. It looks like they both fight out of the same camp. Really? It both says Team Extreme Couture for them. I I will say this. I know Marvin, ever since his Rob fight, um, he did leave to go uh, to Thailand to train Muay Thai. He yeah, said so one it, of his- it might just be that on ESPN. I, I don't think he's training out of Extreme Couture currently. I know you're right, because him and Darren Till trained together in Thailand. And when they yes. Yeah. Yeah, which I will give him credit for. You know, if you're able to spot your own weakness, um, good on you for trying to improve in that regard. I think I forget the name of the guy that's over there that kind of leads that camp in Thailand. He's extremely well known. It's just yeah, he trains, like, trains like Peter Yan, like all those killers. Yeah, yeah. So um, obviously, he went to well-renowned camp. He's obviously earned the respect over there for them to allow to train with them. He's taken it very seriously from the videos that I've seen. You know, a lot of the film breakdowns that I've seen. You know, he's starting to trust his kicks a lot more rather than just work on his wrestling so you know he's growing from just like a one-dimensional kind of wrestler who i didn't like because number one i thought he was boring but number two his italian accent may be the worst thing i've ever heard uh in a press conference so it's just like and really his wrestling not isn't even like it's not like it's like good enough it's not like yeah. great it's like good enough like he just out wrestles yeah. guys that have bad wrestling and he doesn't like maul them he kind of just lays on them yeah like okay what we mean by bad wrestling and i think a lot of people get this kind of misconstrued when I, the way I look at wrestling is I look at it in two ways. Number one, when you shoot for takedowns, just because you blast double someone, are you trying to get the top mount? Are you trying to get to side control? Are you trying to take their back? Are you working to, finish? are you, yeah. Are you working to finish or get a submission? One of the issues I had, which I talked about on a TikTok recently, um, that got a lot of feedback on surprisingly was I said, I didn't really like Marab's style of wrestling because I just thought it was meant to stall striking. And I didn't think it was actually progressing towards anything. I, I don't think Marab's or Marvin's are on the same page, but it is kind of in that same stratosphere of just like nothing really comes out of it. You know, yeah, like you're point getting fighting in a way. Yeah, it is point fighting because when you look at the stat sheet at the end of the fight, the only people go to the comments and are like, oh, well, he had six minutes of ground control. And I was like, yeah, he just sat there and slapped his face a little bit. He didn't yeah. put him in a crucifix. He There's didn't. No damage, no real yeah. damage. Yeah, dude, you know what he did? Dude laid on him, and dude got a little uncomfortable. Guess what? In in a wrestling world, the worst thing that can happen out of that, you get fucking ringworm or herpes or whatever you do for not cleaning mats. So worst case scenario, that's what he got out of that. But 
you know, hopefully with Marvin's whole striking thing, he kind of showcases what he's learned a little bit, shows that he's a little more patient on the feet. I think, to be honest, I think Rob kind of showed him, like, your wrestling can be as good as you want, but you will never be in, like, the upper echelon of this weight class. Because yeah, we'll Rob, just Rob class showed you. that it was, like, him and Izzy and then everyone else with that fight. Yeah. Because yeah. after the first round, Rob doesn't even, like, backstep. He just knows where he's at. And Marvin yeah. throws punches, and Rob doesn't even move. They just go right to his nose. Like, they don't even yeah. touch him. Yeah, and you'll you'll definitely notice that when you sit down and rewatch. I'm pretty sure he did when he sat down and rewatch his own fight. He was like, "Yeah, he's like, I was so outclassed in this fight, and it wasn't even remotely close. I don't remember what the scoring was. I think it was 30-27. Yeah, he thirty something. Like, yeah, yeah, thirty. Yeah, easy UD. Um, couldn't even touch him. Like he literally couldn't even touch him. Yeah, it was, and I'm pretty sure Marvin got taken down at the end just so Rob to show him was like, "Yeah, you're my bitch." He's <laughs> like, "Oh fuck you." <laughs> yeah, like. But yeah, you could you only know how to wrestle. Well, I'm still gonna beat you with the only thing you're even remotely good at. So um props to Rob. You know, he's not even on this card, but you know, we're still gonna shout him out whenever chance we get. But yeah, now yeah, let's, as, talk about, let's talk about the underdog real quick, Zach. Some Roman Dollar Z. I don't know if you remember this. We saw this man destroy Jack Hermanson at UFC Orlando. Mm, that's right. I forgot he was on that card. Yeah, Damn. this guy is a fucking savage, bro. He's 12 and one, seven. No, 12 and 1 with 10 finishes, seven knockouts, and three subs. And his last three fights were all knockouts, and they didn't go past the second round. And, and they're good guys like Jack Manson, Phil Haas, Kyle Dawkins. Like, he's sleeping very good fighters. Um, yep. He had a weird loss against Trevin Giles, but I do believe that was at welterweight, and I think he's come up um, since then. But I don't know too much about this guy other than the fact that he's like, he has a like, uh, Hitman-esque vibe to him where he's like he's European or maybe he's not European. I don't know what country it is, but he's like you, he's foreign he, and he has like is a, he Georgian? Yeah, he's Georgian. Yeah. So he's got like a thick beard and a thick accent and he just snipes people. Um the, giving my my honest take, I think minus two A B for, for Marvin is way too big. Um I I think it, I think it goes two ways. I think Marvin wrestle fucks him or Dollazies puts the hands on him. I don't think Marvin can strike with this guy. I do think Marvin is bigger. No, Marvin is smaller. Yeah, Marvin's smaller by like what point two two inches? Two inches and two inch reach. Yeah. Um wow. The, there's like two ways I see this playing out. I think Marvin is the more experienced, um, I don't want to say overall better, but just like better for where the UFC currently stands on how judging would go. Um, so I think Marvin it can definitely win if he wants to point fight. Technically, one of the things that I do think may be worrisome is because he's worked so much on striking and it's so fresh in his mind, he may become a little too lenient towards it, or he may think point. Yeah. Prove a point trying to think, try to see where he's at, like prove it to himself. And if you want to do that against this guy, um, that's not the best way to do it. He might knock you the fuck out. Yeah, he might knock you the fuck out because you know there's a reason why they teach you wrestling, and that's because in the world of striking. There's something called a puncher's chance, and you get clipped one time. Good night. Sorry, this is how it is. It's not like, oh, you got knocked down this one round. We'll give you ten seconds to get back up. You get clipped and wobbled a little bit. They're throwing like four or five punch combinations at you. That I promise you, if you're a little dazed and confused, you're not going to be thinking the next step ahead. You're going to be in survival mode. So, um, I do think Roman has the capabilities on the feet to put this away. 
I just think if Marvin is as smart as he is and he's earned the ranking of where he's at in that middleweight division, I think he could definitely put this away as he needs to. So I think that I think his wrestling is kind of what's garnered him this minus 280 or whatever it was favorite uh, in this fight. But then again, you never know. We this is the UFC, baby. Anything happens. So I do like what you said. I think the veteranism goes to Marvin. This is kind of like. I won't say a title eliminator, but this is more of a the loser becomes a gatekeeper, in my opinion. I mean, Vittori's gone up. He lost the, the two best guys in the division. If he loses this, it kind of like, all right, you don't deserve to be there. But Dalzi, although he's fresh in the division, he's 34. So this is his, like, last run at this. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I'm not going to pick a fighter. I am going to say I do think this fight goes to decision. I think mm-hmm. regardless of who wins, I don't think – I don't think Dalazi, even if he pieces up Vittori, I don't think he could sleep him. And I don't think, and we all know Vittori doesn't finish people. So I, I'm going to go with, I'm going to take the over two and a half rounds on this fight. Or would it be one and a half to his three round fight? Yeah, probably. It'll probably be one and a half. Um, yeah, I agree with you. You know, one of the things that keeps coming to my mind recently, and I don't know if it's just because of the way that Dana's been handling um, fighters on contract, but. You know, Marvin's one of those guys where if you do end up losing this fight, there already is a gatekeeper in your division and Rob Whitaker because, you know, he's kind of stuck in that middle ground between like Izzy. And I wouldn't Pereira call and Rob a gatekeeper. Okay. I would just say Rob is like, you got to beat him to get a title shot. That's, I mean, that's how I view gatekeeping in my yeah, mind. Yeah, but he's not like a real, like, like I, I think a gatekeeper is like a five to eight guy. Rob is, if Izzy didn't li- wasn't alive, he'd be the champ. Okay. Here's how I view this. You have your gatekeepers. And then you have your doormans. If you want to get inside the building, you got to go through Mr. Mosby. And that's yeah. You, get yeah, the, yeah. you right. can get you can get into the facility through the gate. Yeah. Oh you can yeah. Get into the building unless you <laughs> yeah. Have, yeah. For sure. Like that. That's like how. That. Yeah. So yeah. You, even if you get past Marvin, Rob's just gonna be standing there being like, "All right, bud." He's like, "You had your tune up." But he's like, "Now you're stepping into the real, the real octagon." So that's kind of how I view. But the reason why I kind of brought that up is you do end up losing this fight. You're only gonna drop in the rankings. Um, I don't know. I could see him going to another. What's the word I'm looking for? Does Sean Strickland have a fight right now? I don't. I don't know. What's the word I'm looking for? Not a. Not a presentation. Anyway, what I'm trying to get at is he could either look at going to PFL or Bellator one. Just looking at another organization. organization. You think he'd he'd be gone immediately? I don't think they'd get rid of him. No, I don't think they get rid of him, but I think he should start exploring his options, especially with how many fighters are starting to explore, especially if Francis signs to PFL. Yeah, which if, apparently, if Francis signs a PFL or one, a fuck ton of fighters. Ton of fighters. Yeah. yeah. Those like gatekeepers and a lot of other divisions can easily go to these other organizations. They make more money cheap. to fight. I wouldn't yeah. say easier guys. I would say less hectic. Yeah. If you're still yeah. fighting world-class fighters. It's just. If you're fighting the number nine guy in PFL, he's not nearly as good as the number nine guy yeah. in the UFC. But yeah, see, the, when you fight for the championship in PFL and one, those are Eddie Alvarez, Demetrius Johnson, like those are fucking certified fighters. Yeah. So Roy McDonald, you know. Yeah, I dude, it's really gonna be interesting to see um, what happens with this whole Francis situation because if he does end up signing the PFL, I if he goes would to not... PFL with Jake Paul, you're gonna see a lot of guys my age that are gonna start signing there instead of the UFC. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna see a, the shift because right now UFC I feel like has dominated for so long, but you know we're gonna get into it later about how much Dane has kind of been shit in the bed recently with his whole product and just how he how he's carried himself. But we'll touch on that later. But yeah, you know maybe Vittori, if he loses, this is a big if. He explores his options. If not, you win. 
keep striving for that belt, man. Don't think you really have a chance, in my well, opinion. Also, I know this – I really think Vittori stays, but, I mean, Dan Hardy just get just got signed to the PFL Europe head of fighter uh, – head uh, of fighter – like Personnel. Like, yeah. So, I could see him being like little Marvel. We'll throw you a fucking bag, you know? Hey, I'm just saying, if he ends up doing it, you heard it here first on Clocks and stuff. So – Still. Let's go to our next fight. It's a women's flyweight fight. I actually don't know much about these two ladies. I was just doing some research. You have Jennifer Maya taking on Casey O'Neill. Maya coming in at 29 and 1. O'Neill, a fresh 9 and 0. Women's flyweight, 125 pounds. Maya's your underdog at plus 150, with O'Neill as the favorite as minus 175. Um, Zach, I do not know. All I know is what I've looked at. And out of her nine wins, five of them are finishes. Um, but she has not beaten anybody that I know outside of Roxanne. And I do believe she was Roxanne's retirement fight. So I'll not trying to knock her, but I, I don't really like, it doesn't really like uh, intrigue me, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, but on the other end, this Maya hasn't, I mean, Maya hasn't done shit. She just beat Mor- Moros, who I don't even know who that is. And then besides that, she lost to Fury Art. She lost to Ch- Chikugian. She lost to Vincheco. Like, she chef Shaco. She's only, like all the good fighters she fights. She loses to, um, gatekeepers. Yeah, g- extreme gatekeeper. I would say, um, the one thing I'll give her though is she came from a good background in Invicta, which is like extremely fucking like if you're a girl fighter and you come from Invicta, you're a badass. Mm-hmm. Um, you know the way I look at it is it's it's the vet in Maya versus the young buck in O'Neill. Um. I'm just gonna take O'Neill because I think Maya is old, and I think they're kind of throw. They're kind of doing the UFC. Uh, thanks for helping us out. We're gonna give you a killer in your last fight. Um, mm. and I think the UFC, and not in a weird way, but like O'Neill's a good-looking girl. She's very young. She has a uh, interesting style, and all those things make her marketable. She's not yeah. American too, which also makes her more marketable. I think the UFC is using this to kind of build her image. They're on a really big card. Have her beat a girl that doesn't suck. But is it amazing? But it's like a, it's a quality win. If she beats Jennifer Maya, that's a solid win over a vet. I think yeah. they're they're just helping O'Neill. Now anything can happen, but I, I'm going to take O'Neill and I'm going to take it by a finish. I don't know how, but I'm going to I'm going to take O'Neill finish. Yeah, I like all the things you said. Kind of, you know, I kind of made a funny connection. Anytime someone beats a person that just retired, I view it in the same way of like any Ohio State quarterback going into like the draft. But it's like, all right, like you always do good at college or like you always win against the person that's retiring. Like, like that's just how it is. But like, can you prove it on your next fight? Like, can, do you really have something to prove? Um, you know, I do think this girl is really marketable. I do like her style. Um, you know, haven't got a chance to watch a ton of Jennifer Maya. And even when I do, you know, against people that she usually loses to, which, you know, it, it just happens. There are people that are better than you. It is what it is. Yeah, you're still in the UFC. You're a quality fighter. It's just there are people better than you. Like that's just how it is. It's the way the world works. Welcome to the food chain. And I think Casey's kind of climbing her way up this food chain right now. You know, for Dana, you especially when it comes to your women's division fighters. You know, you've you're kind of getting you kind of got lucky with the whole Grasso beating Shevchenko thing. So now you have a little bit of not turmoil but uneasiness in that division. Oh, that is that is this weight class. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there's a little yeah. bit of uneasiness. So now you have a new person that gets to kind of run through the division and make their rounds. Obviously, they're gonna have a rematch, so we'll see about yeah, that. That's probably gonna baptize her. Yeah, but then again, you know, if you throw that spinning shit, we Never know what throw happens. Throw spinning, spinning shit. Spinning shit. Yes, because uh, mm, 
And even Grosso said, like, sorry to get off track here, but even Grosso said in her camp, like, we were waiting for that the entire camp. Like, we were the entire thing we trained for. She's going to throw spin shit. We got to find a way to stop it, get her back. And there's no way out of it. And so, shout out to her. Um, I know we weren't able to go over that card, but for Casey O'Neill, you know, especially through Dana White's eyes as like the promoter, you definitely want to try to find a way to give this girl another winnable fight to keep her unbeated streak in order to kind of hype up her next fight. You're always working towards the next fight. It's very rarely like once you sign a contract, that's where they're stopped. They always look towards the next fight um, as promoters. So for O'Neill, they're probably going to see her winning this. Um, I agree with you probably with a knockout. She just seems to be more of a striker. Maya's She's just way bigger too, bro. She's two inches taller and like a five inch reach. Yeah. She's going to probably going to chin her. So is what it is. I am on board with everything you think. Um, which one of these girls is from the UK? Isn't O'Neill from the UK? She she's not from the UK. She's from New Zealand, I think. She's an Aussie. She's an Aussie. The oh, she's an Aussie. Oh, interesting. You would think they'd put one of the UK women on the on their roster. Well, I mean, the, the entire the entire prelim and early prelim is just Europeans. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, they just get them in the seats and then they actually sell them. The product itself. Yeah, so well, that, I mean, and then you got European in, in our next fight, the main event, and that Victoria fight as well. Yeah. Yeah, yes. going into the next fight, actually, um, welterweight match between Gunnar Nelson and Brian Barbarena. Gunnar Nelson mm-hmm. coming in at 18-5-1, and one, Brian, Brian Barbarena 18-9. and nine. Gunnar Nelson, a large, I think he might be the largest uh, favorite on the whole card at minus 370. Brian Barbarena plus 390. As Zach stated earlier before we came on the pod, Brian Barberina taking this on short notice, replacing Daniel Rodriguez. Something that's interesting. So, I mean, I could tell you exactly how this fight's going to go down before it even happens, but Gunnar Nelson has not fought in a super fucking long time. And for those of you who don't know, I don't know if you know this either, Zach, Gunnar Nelson's name started because he was with McGregor when McGregor came to the UFC. They mm-hmm. signed Gunnar Nelson and McGregor together because they were teammates, and then they brought him over. So that's what like kind of built him. I don't think he's bad. I mean, he's he's not bad. He's he's eighteen and five, um, with with twelve submissions and four knockouts. He's not he's not bad at all. But I mean, he, he hasn't really done much. I mean, besides his fight in March, which he won against Takashi Sato, he had not fought before that since twenty nineteen, where he lost to Gilbert Burns and lost to Leon Edwards, beat Alex Oliveira, and then lost. Got knocked out by Santiago Pozinibino. So he hasn't done much. He hasn't fought in so freaking long either, dude. It's just weird. And everyone knows his stand-up sucks. He's a pure grappler. Like he is as Damian Maia-esque, Ryan Hall-esque, Ben Askren-esque, pure grappler as it gets. Brian Barberina is the exact opposite. I don't, I don't think Brian Barberina has poor grappling, but Brian Barberina is kind of in that last wave of like tough guys that got into fighting, not like martial arts or athletes. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, he's a dog for taking this short notice, by the way. He, big, big fan of that. Um, but I think either Brian Barberina knocks him out or Gunnar Nelson's going to take him to the ground and, and just submit him like RDA did. Um, good thing for Brian Barberina is Gunnar Nelson is nowhere near as good as RDA. Um, but the, you already know you're going into enemy territory when you're fighting this fight. Nelson's the, the – is he Irish? What is he? Iceland. Iceland, Yes. Maybe that's where he's born. That, that, how is he training with McGregor at Ireland? I don't know. Don't care. I, I'm not. I really doesn't concern me. Sick mustache though. Um, but I think Gunnar Nelson is pro. 
he's going to be the fan favorite. They're both old. They're both really old, actually. I think 36 and 34. Yeah. 33 and 34. Yeah, they're both really old. There's no, like, implications. They're kind of just fighting to fight. I think Donor Nelson has to put him away in the first or Barbarina is going to gas him because Barbarina has a tank. Just keeps coming. Um, I don't actually don't. I actually don't have a pick on this fight at all because I. It's just Barbarina is coming on short notice. Gunnar Nelson hasn't fought in fucking forever. I really don't. I really don't know. If it was Daniel Rodriguez, I think Daniel Rodriguez would would put the work to Gunnar Nelson. I really don't know, Zach. I um, really don't know. I'm going to give you my kind of viewpoint on this, um, and I'm starting to notice this trend with a lot of the brawlers, the guys that tend to take the short notice fights first of all you're already at a disadvantage when you take short notice um i don't know the actual statistics behind it but i'm pretty sure you're oh you're 100 at disadvantage yeah yeah severely um and gunner i think has probably put in the work through however long his training camp has been one of the things i kind of view from like barbarina side of things is you take this fight on short notice win or lose doesn't really impact you because you're just in it to brawl anyway you're kind of one of those guys that fights anybody you're not really striving for the belt in my eyes and you kind of locked in your your contract like the usc you're not going to cut you or anything yeah yeah and another thing that i think is most important is when you sign a contract against a grappler you really don't care if you get tapped out because you're not really taking any damage unless it's like unless you like refuse to tap and like break an arm or something but like when you get tapped out you're not really getting medically suspended for that long so you can just go right back into your next camp where you can have an appropriate weight camp so this for him is probably just Earn an easy bag. If you win, you win. Looks good on you. Get it in front of a sold-out crowd in the UK on a huge card. So, you know, it's very low-risk, high-reward for Barbarina. So, for him, I do think he is at a severe disadvantage. I'm probably going to take Gunnar Nelson via submission in this fight. I'm going to go against you, though. I think it's going to go over one and a half, only because usually when you take short notice, both guys um, are kind of more – timid i mean i wouldn't say timid but you know if, a little more cautious yeah a little more cautious especially for gunner nelson's point of view because you know you get signed against a brawler you don't you have no fucking idea what this guy's going to throw at you to open up the gates you don't want to get clipped in the first round so you know as a grappler maybe feel it out see if you can set up some shots throw a little feints in there see what's working for you and then he'll probably get a submission later in the second or uh in the third is kind of how i see it or i could be completely wrong barbarina could just absolutely fucking baptize this dude and we'll be in for a nice little treat uh, for a highlight. Runner right. Nelson, the type of dude to pull guard, bro. He would be the type of dude to pull guard, wouldn't he? Yeah. That reminds me. I was watching a, I was watching a video the other day. I think it was um, when DJ Penn got knee barred or, like, ankle. He got, like, MNR rolled by, like, Uriah Hall or something like that and got tapped out within, like, 30 oh, by seconds. by Ryan Hall, yeah. Yeah, by Ryan Hall. And then immediately I saw that, and I was like, holy shit, we should have just made Ryan Hall fought up. Duplessis, or like whatever that guy's name was, Duplessis. Oh, the guy that fought uh, Dan Hooker. Uh, Dan Hooker and just <laughs> rolled Ryan out. Hall was supposed to fight not that long ago, but he backed out. He always backs out of fights, dude. I don't, I don't understand that. He always backs understand. out of fights. Well, he's a professional grappler first, MMA fighter second, but he always he always backs out of fights. Yeah. Speaking of backing out of fights, how about um? Well, this isn't really backing out, but um, Elster Overeem. Uberim yeah. getting <laughs> getting clipped for the doping in the box. How about on that same note? How about Jordan Oliver? You hear about that? 
No, what happened to him? Jordan Oliver signed to Bellator. Signed to Bellator, yeah. Find out yesterday the reason he signed is because he got banned from the Olympic trials because he failed the USADA drug test. Guess what he failed it with? Creatine. Marijuana. They won't let him wrestle in the Olympics because he smoked a joint. How insane is that? Now, obviously, he's going to make way more money and they're going to market the fuck out of him in Bellator. So good for him. But like uh, his childhood dream was to be in the Olympics. You know, like that's what he wanted. But yeah, not and the and the, the headline was like Jordan Oliver uh, busted for doping. And everyone's like, he didn't dope, dude. He just he smoked some dope. Oh, dope. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't dope. And people are like, it's literally recreational in the United States. Why would he get in trouble for that? I this is what one of the things I hate the most uh, about media these days and probably why we got into this is it's such a baited headline to purposely get clicks. And for the people that don't do the research, they're just going to read that headline and immediately discredit Jordan Oliver. Yeah, so how he's, hard he's, he's, he's cheating. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, he's cheating. And then we have to step in and deride this man to protect his name, which I will gladly deride Jordan Oliver. To yeah, I'm a big names. Jordan Oliver fan. Yeah, yeah. So love in that regard, but yeah, but it's it not, just it's not, that sucks, bro. Like, like Alistair over him, he's on gear. You could look at him and be like, holy shit. <laughs> but Jordan Oliver, like, he passed the entire test. There was nothing in him but weed. And they're like, yeah, I'm sorry. You can't represent the United States of America because you smoked weed. Yeah. So fun. Yeah, but uh, – Anyways, but, I hope he But has, the Russians. But the Russians. Yeah, the Russians. I, I hope he has a fucking phenomenal Bellator career. And I think they're going to do it right. They're going to feed him tin cans and build his name, which is – Good for him. He deserves it. Um, but yeah, let's get back to this card. Shout out Jordan Oliver. We love you. Hopefully we can get you on this podcast one day. Yeah, baby. So our co-main and main event, the other fights are like, eh. Co-main and main event are fucking electric for this fight card. Fire. Our lightweight, we have number, oh, I don't know the rankings. It's not on here. But we have Justin Gaethje fighting Rafael. I think it's Fiziev. Fiziev? Fiziev? Whatever. Fizibubli. Yeah. Fizibubli. Uh, Gaethje 23 4 and 0, Fizev 12 1 and 0. How listen to this, Zach. Gaethje's the underdog at plus 190, Fizev so minus 230. Super fucking weird, brother. Super, super fucking weird. I will give some respect where respect is due, though. Fizev's been on a tear. He lost his opening UFC fight in 2019, and since then, he's been a monster. Looking at, he beat Alex White, Mark Dioxis, he beat Hinato Marciano, he beat Bobby Green, Brad Riddell, and Rafael Dos Anjos. Also, he knocked out Brad Riddell and Rafael Dos Anjos. Uh, went to war with Bobby Green. Very controversial win over Bobby Green, by the way, for anyone that hasn't watched that fight. There's a lot of a lot of uh, take on that fight. But he's been on a fucking tear. Um, nine of his 12 wins are finishes, and eight of them are knockouts. I mean, he, he's he's killing it. He's been asking for a big fight for a long time, and they haven't really given it to him. He's not very marketable. He's like, a, he's very marketable fight style wise. He th- he he's a banger. He throws nasty leg kicks. He has gross combinations. I mean, you saw that combination he hit on Hanada Marciano, like Makano. He, he's a dog, but he's super nice and he has like a weird accent. Like he doesn't like he's not very promotable. But then you got Justin Gaethje on the other hand, who's like the most electric fighter ever. I think every single fight he's had in the UFC, he's had a bonus. Um. A lot of weird stuff I've been seeing this week on Twitter about Gaethje saying that he's not that good, that he since he's 6-4 and four in the UFC. All four of his losses are champions, by the way. 
Um, and wars. And, yeah, wars. and wars. No one went out there and dismantled him. They're all dog fights. Um, I believe his last fight was that another war over Michael Chandler a year ago. Oh, mm-hmm. no, he lost Oliveira after that. Yeah. Um, actually, that one was not a war at all. So we'll give him that one. I mean, that was still – dude, he knocked – Oliveira down in the first round and Oliveira yeah. stuns it back. That was, bro, we were all, we were losing our goddamn minds over that fight and in one performance of the night. So it can't yeah. say it wasn't a fucking banger to say the least. But, you know, there's been a weird skepticism. I mean, out of 23 fights, 20 of his wins or finishes and 19 of them are knockouts. Like, I just don't get how you could say he's not one of the most electric fighters, fighters ever, if not the most electric fighter ever. The way I look at this fight is there's two, there's two ways this fight goes. Obviously, I'm cheering for Gaethje. I like Gaethje a lot. I think two things happen. First, the Tony Ferguson disease. Mm. This is Gaethje's, you're starting to fade out. You're 34 years old. You got a young buck coming here. You're going to start fading out. It's done. I'm sorry, man. Like You're going to need to start looking at your future. Or it's Gaethje going, there's fucking levels to this shit. Because Rafael's been calling him out for a fat minute. Been calling him out for a while. And Gaethje keeps pushing it aside, pushing it aside. Finally, he's like, fuck it. No one else wants to fight me. Let's fight. Ideally, I would like Gaethje to win and then him and Dustin fight for the second time and that'd be electric, super marketable fight as well. Um, but this is weird, man. This is a weird fight. Um, I, think, I, I am going to take Gaethje though and the reason I'm going to take Gaethje is for the simple fact that him and Usman are training partners and when you do camp with someone who also is one of the greatest fighters of all time and Kamara Usman, you don't get worse. You know, and Trevor Whitman's your coach. Like, you don't get worse. Um, so I am going to take Gaethje in this fight. Um, I don't think he's going to beat the shit out of Fazev. I actually think it's going to be a banger. They're both going to stand and trade. I just think Gaethje's veteranism and, like I said, having that confidence of doing this camp and going into this fight with with Usman, I think that's going to give him it's going to give him the nod. I'm going to take Gaethje in this one via decision. All right. So where I'm going to start this off, I like the point you brought up about Tony Ferguson syndrome. If you ever saw the interview, it was very sad to see Gaethje talk about how him and Kamara were probably on their way out. They only have like three or four fights left in their career. And I was like, damn, you didn't really have to tell me I'm that old. I didn't want to hear that. But regardless, I still think Gaethje is going to win this fight. I think the reason why he's getting so disrespected is kind of where you were going on that tangent about how like Fiziev is like this up and coming guy. Whereas Gaethje's kind of on his way out, really like a gatekeeper for that division. For the most part, you know, I think people get misconstrued misconstrued based off his record with that six and four showing. But like you said, all of them are lost to champions. I think all 10 of them are, are top 10 guys, too. I don't think he's fought anyone on rank. Yeah, he's never never fought anyone on rank, only fights the best of the best. He's a dog. Here's why I think H is going to win. If you go back and watch any of Fiziev's fights, that man loves to get punched in the face. He loves to leave his, his hands down. Him. Very touchable, likes to get in exchanges because he's used to being the stronger guy to win those exchanges. You get into an exchanging match with Justin Gaethje, he will knock your ass out. He will put you away and make it in the best way you've ever seen it. You know, that's kind of Gaethje is a lot. Also, they're both very similar in the sense where they like to set up with leg kicks in the beginning of the fight. You know, both of them kind of gauge range. Yes, they're literally just going to stand and trade leg kicks for the first round. Then they're not going to be able to walk. And then they're just going to stand in the middle and throw hands for the last two rounds. And I'm going to love every second of it. I'm not going to care. Yeah, they're not going to. Gaethje, even though Division One wrestler, amazing wrestler, only uses it to stuff takedowns just to keep it on the feet. 
because he's like, I don't care. He's like, he's like, I could take you down, but I don't really give a shit. He's like, I'm just going to hammer away. So because with that being said, you know, I watched um, the Vazir fight against Bobby Green when I was rewatching that. Bobby Green touched him up a lot, a lot, a lot. And I'm going to be honest, just in my opinion, I think Gaethje's hands are a little bit stronger. Not maybe not faster, maybe not as technical as Bobby Green, but no, he hits harder than Bobby Green for sure. He hits a lot harder. And if he clips Fiziev, I can see it with an uppercut because the way he always drops his hands and just throws those absolute bombs, I could see him putting Fiziev to sleep. So the other thing that, I, I think we're, we're not talking about, which it, it goes back to that Bobby Green fight, Bobby Green got the fuck beat out of him in round one. And then for the first half of round two, and then Fiziev gassed. And Bobby Green put the brakes on him in the end of the second round and the whole third round. To the point where people thought that the amount of damage Bobby Green did in that in that third round and the very end of the second round should have won him the fight. You know? So Gaethje does not gas. Gaethje At all. 10, 10 rounds. So Fazev, I mean, obviously he's going to be training a lot harder and focused, but that if that is your style, it's like you're used to just piecing hard in the beginning and then fading out. Gaethje's going to put his net his foot on your neck and break you. You know, so I, I think that's another factor that's going to help is Gaethje's fine with dancing at a high pace for, for, for 15 minutes. That doesn't bother him. But Zev, I don't know if he can do that with Gaethje. I don't know if he can keep up the pace of Gaethje for, for three rounds. Yeah. I'm going to be honest. Looking back through his career, I feel like the same thing happens with Gaethje every time. Every time they think he's going to lose, he ends up winning. You look when he came over. Was getting pieced up by Michael Johnson. Like, that was a great fight. Ends up knocking him out. Wins. Loses to Eddie Alvarez. In a war. Going, in a war. In a war. In a war. Perform, performance of the night, obviously. Then, loses to Dustin Poirier. So, he has back-to-back block. Yeah, war. Loses to Dustin Poirier. What happened that next fight? He gets a main event fight versus James Vick. Everyone says, oh, James Vick's going to work him. Won't be a problem. Brutally murders James Vick. He, he he executed James Vick to the point he left the UFC. Yes, murdered him. Then goes out, beats Edson Barbosa, murders him, murders him. Faces Donald Cerrone, murders. Gives him, him the gives him the Tony Ferguson disease. Just yeah. absolutely, literally, literally. We had some moms. Then was it? Did he face Tony first or Khabib? No, then he fought Tony. Then Khabib fights Tony. And everyone was saying Tony was going to work him. Everyone. Yeah, everyone. Everyone was like, you know, Tony, Tony's tony got that weirdness to him. He's got that – he's just got that style. Gaethje put on one of the most unsettling performances I've ever watched in combat sports. If you go and rewatch that sports, it is hard to watch. And I love watching physical beatdowns. I watched a man's soul leave his body, and Tony grabbed it and put it back in himself, only for her to stop the fight, thank God. Yeah. Loses to Khabib. Obviously, wins the first round though. Wins the first round though. Does he has to do? Then they get Michael Chandler, and everyone's like, "Oh my god, Michael Chandler is gonna do it." Beats Michael Chandler. Then another war. Loses, then loses to Charles. Now he's got his yet. Only had a two fight losing streak. What once in his entire career? And that was when he the fought very beginning of his career. That was when he fought Eddie and Dustin. Two back UFC back. world champions. In 2017, 2018. Since then, never had back-to-back losses. Except, wait. No, he has not had back-to-back. Yeah, no. Yeah, no, has not. Yeah, no, has not had back-to-back losses. So, I'm going to say he's not going to have back-to-back losses. I don't think he does. I don't think he's 
on his way out yet. He's not in that retirement stage yet. If once once we get around to that, should he retire or not, stage or not, then I'm gonna start betting against him. But he's the highlight for a reason. So I saw a funny Gaethje. meme that was uh Justin Gaethje, and it was like it was like him looking at his all NCAA All American letter, and then it was like when he finds out he could throw bombs and he just throws it in the garbage. He's like, I don't need this, and <laughs> just throws his wrestling in the garbage. Uh, Jeez. But um, yeah, let's get to our main event. The reason why the people are here, Zach Watts, the undisputed welterweight title of the world, the try rematch between Leon Rocky Edwards and Kamara, the Nigerian nightmare Usman, Leon twenty three and zero champ. That's weird to say. Kamara Usman twenty and two. Damn, very, very, very a lot of them, a lot of things with the same. Uh, Usman coming in at a minus 260 favorite. Leon Edwards, a plus 210. First of all, this crowd is going to be rocking for fucking, Rocky. Uh, yeah, for Rocky. Um, One thing I want to dive into real quick. Is it me or is it like, I don't know if it's just me being a hater all the time, but I feel like this card also wasn't promoted very well. It was promoted more than the Volk Islam fight, but I feel like this card wasn't, like, like when I was looking when me and Zach, we got to do our MMA pod this weekend and uh, or this week, and I looked through the ESPN to see what fight it was. I was like, "Oh my god, I didn't know it was this weekend." You yeah. know, like I feel like they just really has not been a lot of good marketing from the UFC, other than Conor McGregor and slap fighting. Yeah, obviously. Um, there was a photo. I don't know if I sent it to you or not, but it showed the UFC's Instagram feed, and it was like one promotion for the fight card this weekend, and the other eight posts. We're about the slap fighting league, which by the way, slap fighting week since it's debuted has gotten worse in the ratings every week. TBS officially cut its deal with them so that they were no longer beyond national television. And they had to cancel the final for as a pay-per-view. They had to make it regular because they couldn't sell it. Yep. Cause they couldn't sell it. So Dana is just so obsessed with this little love child of his, of people slapping it's gotta each other. Be money laundering, bro. It's gotta be. I, obviously not you'd be able to fake some money laundering a little better than having to cut deals i yeah. mean we're talking about the same dana white that what was the other show he tried to start he had another like fail he had another like failed um i don't think i know about this uh i i'll try to find it but it was, he had this another investment that Dude, it was so bad. I, I I'll never forget reading about it. But I, God damn it! Why should I look up Dana's wife? Dana White, all failed. Oh, oh, here we go. He has power slot. One of his one of his failures that hasn't really failed yet, but I don't like personally. We'll talk about this for a little. How? UFC's been going on since what? Since 1997? Yeah, it's 96, 97. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, 96. Yeah, because no, no, it's got to be, be 90. No, this is 30 years. This is 30 years. So it's so got to be 94, be, 93. Yeah, but Dana took over in what? Probably like 95, 96. Okay, yeah, Dana takes over. Since Dana's taken over, he's had over 200 UFC events. Way However, more. Think two two hundred pay per views, almost three hundred pay per views, and then okay, double that in fight nights and and Ultimate Fighter shows. Okay, so with that being said, how do we already have over eighty events held at the Apex? 
Yeah, I think that's so fucking stupid. You've taken away so much opportunity to showcase your product to environments, not only nationally, globally. We talked about we're getting into the Mexican era now with all our Mexican champions. We are entering our Georginian area with all of our Georginian fighters that are on the rise. There are so many fighters you're hiring or bringing onto your rosters from so many different countries, and you just refuse to market globally. I I don't understand. Even in even in America, you can find you're telling me you can't find in one venue, you can't rent out Amelie Arena, you can't find a way to work out a contract against Dude, and, and like I understand like why it started because of COVID, which was genius and it worked so well, but like you don't need that anymore. Like you yeah. don't there's no COVID no more. You're good, brother. Yeah, you don't need it. And I it seems like such a cop out. Like it seems like he just doesn't try and just finds a way to put money into his own pocket because he he owns it, so it's probably just finding ways to put money back into his own pocket, which is bullshit. You should be finding ways to market better, not only for your fighters, but so that you don't have to worry about trying to put money back in your pocket. Dude, if, seems... I was a, if I was a big-name fighter in the UFC, like I had Sam when I fought, I would never fight in the Apex, ever. Yeah. I mean, dude, like they tried to put Sandhagen and, and Cheeto in the Apex, and it got such an uproar from fans that they had to move it to San Antonio. Because yeah. now oh. everyone was like, bro, why the fuck are you putting a five-round banger in the Apex? Yeah. Um, so I found two other of Dana's failed business adventures. Tried to start his own Zufa boxing league. That did not work at all. Um, and he tried to start his own surf league show. Nice. Nice. But, of course, the next step of that had to be slap fighting, you know, couldn't be couldn't be good enough with just you know probably the greatest product ever in the UFC, which arguably now is one of the four major sports in the United States. You could even argue it's part of you made it part of the Big Five if you wanted to. You could argue it's up there based on paper I universe. Just, I just don't get how he got away with hitting his wife in public and nothing like no reprimand, like no, nothing happened. Slap fight league. And I understand like like the Demar Hamlin timing saved his ass, but. Vince McMahon or fucking Roger Goodell or anyone that owns any other professional sports organization in the entire fucking world loses their job in that. And he does. Yeah. And then he doesn't enough, literally nothing happens to it. Instead, he actually goes and has a press conference and says, you guys can't do anything because you fucking need me. <laughs> That's what he said. Literally what he said. He goes, it doesn't matter what I did. You fucking need me here. Okay. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. That's pretty hard. <laughs> <laughs> The fact that he held his own press conference, it was like, what? He was like, Did you see it though? I mean, yeah, I remember that being posted. He has the press like, conference and he goes, yeah, I'm sorry. I fucked up. I've never done it. He goes, and everyone's asking me, am I going to get reprimanded or am I going to yeah, get repercussions? Like, goes, suspended. This, yeah, this is the repercussions. Like people ask me about it. He goes, yeah, but you can't get rid of me. You fucking need me. <laughs> Bro, fuck you, dude. Fuck you. You think I'm gonna suspend myself? That only hurts my product. He's like, yeah, why no, would no, I do if that? If I ever if I ever get fired from a job, I've never been fired from a job, thank God. But if I ever do, I'll be like, you can't get rid of me. Get rid of me. You fucking need, you need me. me. Like, bro, get the fuck out of here. Anyway, oh let's get God. back to the actual fight at hand. Um, either way, if it's not marketed or not, I think Usman, I think two things. One, I think the the upset that this second fight had is is so big that it already hit mainstream audience. And I think Usman has reached the caliber of fighter where he's like an A-list celebrity within athletes in America. I actually probably worldwide, honestly. Um, so I, I don't think they had to worry too much versus the Islam fight. They needed to do a little more also with the implications on it. That's another time. We'll have another talk about that uh, with a TikTok or another podcast. But 
let's get to the actual fight at hand, just the fight. First of all, the press conference was the most cringy thing I ever seen. Kamaru Usman can't talk shit to save his fucking life. Um, Leon's too nice. Yeah, and Leon's too nice. It's just, it's weird. I love that they, I will give Usman his respect that he's doing it in England because they are probably going to throw shit at him when he walks out to that cage. It's going to be a nightmare um, of, a, of a fans. They're going to go, dude, like, it's going to be the kind of atmosphere where you don't hear your corner when you're fighting because it's going to be so fucking loud and obnoxious. When it comes to the actual fight, I think Usman's the better fighter. Like that's there's I don't even think there's an argument there if Usman's a better fighter. Yeah, you could say Leon got lucky. You, you he knocked him the fuck out. I don't care what anyone says. I'm tired of all this. Leon got lucky. There's only fifty. He was losing the whole fight. Well, good thing they, there was time left because he fucking won. You know, yep. uh, I'm tired of hearing that. Um, also, talk about inspiration, bro. I mean, Leon Edwards. If you guys that don't know, I mean, he he was. He's, Raised poor as fucking shit with his brother Fabian, um, who fights in Bellator. Poor as shit. Then gets on this like this like little run of wins. I think it was like eight or nine, maybe seven to eight, nine wins. Then they were like, then they did this huge, they did this huge cool thing for Leon where he was gonna fight Tyron Woodley right after Tyron lost his belt to Usman. And they were gonna fight during International Fight Week. And they had this huge like like they did a really good job of promoting it properly. I think it was still with Fox at the time. And they did a huge like background story and background following of Leon. And then they did the same thing for Tyron. And then right before they fight, COVID happens, fight never happens. So they did try to do a couple of things to help build Leon as a fighter, but it was hard. You know, he doesn't talk a lot of shit. He's not super flashy. Um, I do like him a lot, by the way. I'm a he grew on me. And, and as a fighter, he's so inspiring to Knock out, not just beat, but knock the fuck out of the number one half pound fighter in the world. Headshot, like, headshot, baby. You know, like it's just, it's inspiring, dude. It's really inspiring. And he's crying on the phone with mom after he goes on Ariel Hawani. He can't speak because he's just fucking crying. Like it's super inspiring. But I think Usman's going to kill him. I think <laughs> Usman's going to go in there and rip his head off. Um, I, I don't think it's going to be like, I, I'm going to be honest, I think it's going to be a boring ass fight. Usman's going to be hesitant as shit. When someone knocks you out or someone beats you in any sport, if someone's beaten you or humbled the fuck out of you, you're hesitant. You know it can happen. You're scared. When when they fought the last time, it was like, yeah, Leon can knock me out, but it's not going to happen. Now it's like Leon has knocked me out. You know, So it's going to be boring. I expect to see an Usman-Jorge Masvidal type fight where he just fucking gets him against the cage and makes it boring as shit. Um, also, like I said, I think him being with Gaethje, it's going to help him. That's going to help them. You know, they're doing their camp together. That only fucking benefits you. They're going to learn from their mistakes. Trevor Whitman's arguably one of the best coaches in MMA history, if not the best coach in MMA right now, probably, um, outside of Vince McGinnis. Um, I just – I don't see what Leon can do. Leon cannot bring the fight to Usman. We saw this in both fights. Usman's going to bring the fight to him. I don't see – I'm not calling it luck because I don't think it was luck. I think it was extremely well executed, that knockout. I don't see that opportunity arising again. Now, he's the champ. He's fighting in his hometown. He's done it once. Once you do it once and you know it's possible, it's very easy to be able to do it again. But I don't think he does it. I think I think, I think think Usman takes it away and gets his and starts his reign back. I do think, though, bold prediction, if, if Usman loses, he retires. I think if Usman loses, he retires because Usman only fights for titles as well as he's getting old. And he's talked about it in the last fight. And he's talked about it before. He's getting really sad now that his kids are coming or, or starting to get an age where they're like in school, they're doing sports and they're doing things where your dad's supposed to be there. And he really can't because to be the best in the world, it's a commitment, you know? 
So I, I think his little girls are going to start getting to his head too. Also, real quick before you go, Zach, my, uh, my cousin said something funny. She was like, she was like, imagine being that girl and like a kid asking you to prom or like asking you to homecoming and you open the door and it's fucking Kamara Usman standing there. Like, that's got to be fucking scary, dude. That's got to be like that poor girl's probably not going to have a boyfriend for a very fucking long time. Yeah. And yeah, even I'm if gonna take, I'm going to take Usman, that's, that's all I got to say. I'm done. That's all I got to say. I'm taking Usman. Yeah. Even if she does date a guy, she's probably only going to date a fighter because like, yeah. She's got she's got a date of man with balls. Yeah. Either that or he's just really stupid, just has no idea. He's just like, yeah, whatever. I don't really care. But you know, getting into this fight, I you know, I'm I've had this thought process since the last fight. I do think Usman's gonna win the fight. I'm gonna say that right off the bat. But I do think Leon's gonna surprise a lot of people. I think the mentality of a champion and having done it before, I think. I don't think it's going to be like a four to one win for Usman. I think it's going to be like a three to two. Like I, I think coming down in the fifth round. Yeah. Cause you know, even like last fight, Usman had a hundred percent takedown defense prior to this fight. Now I know Colby fans out there are going to be like, Oh, we took him down. Colby, mm. take him down. Colby, Colby didn't take him down. We know this. We know this. But for the sake of the stories, you know, Leon is the first guy to take Kamara down. So Leon he's done before opening round. Yeah. Leon, Leon knows, Leon knows what it takes. He's been, he's done it before. You've said it. He knows what he's doing. And the, you know, you know, it's really hard to say how much the mental aspect of things impacts someone. Cause you really don't know how a person fights once they lose the belt. You know, it can completely change your philosophy on fighting. You can become, you could, cause you go from literally the top of the world to now you're the bitch and you gotta, you gotta, you fell down the mountain. The bigger they are, the harder they fall, man. And for Leon, you know, now he's at the top of the mountain. He is Rocky. He's holding the belt. But guess what? Rocky is a movie. And this is not a movie. This is real life. And in real life, shit isn't sweet. Also, shit. Rocky's American, too. So I don't know why. Yeah. Yeah, so. yeah Rocky's also white. So, um, you know. But, hey, even in the first movie, Rocky lost to Apollo. So, who knows? The way I see it going on, though. Um, you know, I think Marty, Marty Usman definitely has what it takes. I think he's, he's a very prideful fighter. We've seen that in all his interviews. He lost with grace. He was very commendable, showed his respect to Leon, but at the same time, he never lost a step. You know, he was never shy about saying he still thinks he's the best. And that's a good philosophy to have, even though, you know, you didn't lose, but he was winning the fight. Um, and the thing he said was kind of funny to me. He was like, he's like, we can go back and watch the fight. He's like, I was taking his soul for four rounds. He was like, he's like, I just woke up in an ambulance, <laughs> which is a funny way to put it. Cause you know, you still did lose, but at the end of the day, you know, I think this is going to be an exciting fight. I don't think Usman wants to make this a boring fight. I think he has, I think he wants to go out there with something to prove. So to him, I think he wants to try like how you brought up the Masvidal fight, how he's going to try to put him against the cage. I think he's going to try to end the fight the same way he did with Masvidal, and he's going to try to prove it with his hands. He's going to try to be better than what Leon's at, and if he does do that, kudos to him, but at the same time, it'll make for a very interesting matchup because I think Leon has something interesting in store for this fight, and I think stylistically, he's the perfect matchup for this. I just think he's been training really hard. You know, how long has Usman been out since his like injury as well? Because yeah, ever since... Hand. Yeah, he's been out for a little bit. Yeah, Leon didn't have no injury. Leon went that we know straight of, that we know of that we know, that we know of. of. 
but didn't get no medical suspension. Didn't have to sit out at all. Went right back into training. Like I'm sure he did. Cause he knows that Marty's going to be coming back for him. So he's been training this entire time. I promise you he's going to be ready. And this is going to be an exciting war. With that being said, give me Usman by decision. I don't see there being a finish. This I is am going to be cheering for Leon though. I want Leon. To oh, hundred percent. But as someone like yourself, who's practices martial arts, you recognize who the better fighter is. It's just yeah, how it 100%. is. It's just uh, how I, it is. Two things to say. First is uh, no matter what, if, if Usman wins and he wins out the rest of his career and then um, and retires, you can, I want this GSP-Usman relation to die. GSP never got knocked the fuck out, ever, okay? And all these people were trying to compare Usman to GSP these last two years. GSP never got knocked the fuck out. He lost, yeah, but he never got knocked the fuck out. Second thing, I saw I really- think that's I think that's unfair. I think that's unfair because Usman wow. also never lo- – Usman never, never lost to a guy – like Matt Sarah. <laughs> yeah. And then he went back and beat him. Yeah. But I, I like, well, I hate the title defenses, brother. I know this is, this is the only brother. reason I hate the argument. Brother. This is the only reason it's not, it's not about what they did. It's more about like, it's the eras thing because like GSP in fairness, I'm not going to say he hasn't fought a guy like Leon before. Like that's very unfair to say, but like the eras are just different. Like because of GSP, we have fighters of the caliber we're at now because of him. So like it's very unfair. And like, but yeah, you can't but like because we're gonna be is the greatest welterweight of all time. Oh, I'm not. I'm not gonna tell you that. I just think I hate. I hate when people like try to era argue and try to like use like arguments like, oh well, he got knocked out to like discredit. I'm like, all right. Like the only reason he probably got knocked out is because little Leon watched GSP fucking yeah. break a guy's rib cage in one day. He was like, I want to do that to someone. So. Another, we're going uh, to see, we're going to see it in years future. Like we're going to see a guy be, be compared to Usman to try to get to GSP. And they're going to be like, yeah. Oh, well, you know, he never got slept. And we're going to be like, well, the fighters we have 20 years from now, are going to make the guys now look like bitches other than John Jones, probably. Cause let's be honest. John Jones is probably going to stand the test of time. In my opinion. Another funny thing is right after the Israel Adesanya lost to Alex Pereira, Somebody on Twitter was like, I, dude, MMA Twitter is like the greatest thing ever, by the way. Somebody on Twitter was like, that's how you know Usman's more humble and more of a real champ than Izzy. Like, he didn't try to argue his loss when he lost to Leon. And someone goes, yeah, it's because he was knocked the fuck out unconscious on the floor. <laughs> that's what the subtweet was. It was like, you can't argue when you're asleep, bro. Dude, I remember, that. I remember watching when Leon did it. We went to... um. It was my first weekend back in Boca. The uh, our friends Alexa and Ariana just moved down here. Cam Mateo just moved down. Oh no, Cam did not move yet. It was just Mateo or Cam. Cam Diddy wasn't there. I don't know. Mateo just moved in. I remember I called you because everyone in my house went to sleep and I was yeah. the only one Connor left Mendes, awake. Connor Menendez's first week. It was everyone's first weekend in Tampa. They all yeah. stayed at my house. We went to the uh, the we went to the um, Dirk's Bentley concert. We come home. Everyone falls asleep. I'm the only one awake. Dana is like in and out of sleep. I'm I'm like out, and then I, as soon as I start snoozing off, I hear, and I just look up yeah. and he's he's asleep. Like Usman's asleep on the floor. Yeah. I was just like, oh my gosh. Yeah. I the way I remember it is I was sitting there and everyone went to sleep, and Gunther's like snoring next to me, just passed out, and I'm just watching, and I know the fight's over. 
but I'm just sitting there. I'm like, I, I'm like, I just got a weird like feeling right now. Like I just have to like finish this out. Like what's really going on my phone. And then Leon lands the head kick and Usman like collapses. And I didn't even like react at first. Yeah. I didn't think I he just, was out I, at first. I thought he got dropped. Yeah. I thought he got dropped. And then I heard the roar and Leon's like walking off. And like, it took me like, uh, it took me five seconds to like actually fathom like what the, like what happened. And then that's when I called you and I was like, I was like, I was like, Usman's done. I was like, he couldn't even match Anderson. So, Anderson Silva streak or whatever. I was like, he, it's over. I was like, there, there is no more Usman. It's wraps. And then you I just see him like, I think I rewatched the knockout 50 times the next day. Just like replay, 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 replay. Like on, dude, on TikTok. my, my feed was just so many Leon edits. Yeah. Like I, I've never seen that many edits for Leon in my entire life. Like it was like the world had become like Leon fans overnight. It was insane. Yeah. So that, dude, it's going to set up for an exciting rematch. There's so much things on the line. They could have literally just made it this only fight, and I'd probably be fine with it. I yeah, this this fight's gonna sell the card. Yeah, but that I think that wraps up our card. One thing I will say, unless you gotta finish something else. Yeah, I was just gonna bring up a couple more things. First things first, I think uh, Punchline Potty finally gets a card back in the UK, so mm-hmm. they're finally gonna get a card at their time. Yeah, they don't so. have to stay up till six a.m. Yeah, they don't stay up till 6 a.m. And we get to watch a card at like 1 in the afternoon. Well, the prelims start at 1. Main card doesn't start till 5. So it'll probably be like 8 p.m. main event. Yeah. Well, it's at, yeah, because main card starts at, at five. 5. Yeah, so 7 or 8 o'clock, which is fine. But because I was thinking about it, I was like, dude, if I had to wake up at like 5, 6 in the morning for like some of these cards, I would just kill myself. Like I'm, I, I, I probably think, wouldn't I think I would just turn my phone off, record it, watch it, and then turn my phone back on. Yeah, yeah, because there's – like I like a lot of things, but I don't like them more than sleep. Yeah, gotta be honest. Like, it's just not not cut from that cloth, as John Anik would say. But with that being said, UFC 286. We'll see y'all Saturday.